and welcome to Unwritten Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas and we'll give your story a shout out in a subsequent episode. Listen to all our episodes to date and gain nine entries into our grand prize draw. This time we can't even confirm it. Like, you know, we don't know if you've listened to all of the episodes, but it's fine. We'll just give nine to, you know, people who say they listen to all of it. Also, the grand prize draw doesn't exist, so it doesn't matter. But at the same time, you know... I mean... Are we supposed to admit that? <laughs> like, if you listen through a podcast service, it usually marks the ones that you've listened to. You could take a screenshot of that. I guess. That would be a little bit of a strange thing. We could have a, a knowledge testing quiz that has a question from each episode. That seems like a lot. I'm not sure that I would pass that quiz. I mean, I think you would. Because it would, instead of what the, what the podcast, like, instead of the question being about what the actual episode is about, it would probably just be, like, one of those weird factual tangents that we go off on. So you could probably answer it from just base knowledge. What is the most (laughs) memorable tangent from this episode? But, but in that case... It's a multiple choice, but it's always the same question, just different answers. <laughs> and then if you happen to have the same amount of really random base knowledge as both of us combined, then you could just pass the quiz without listening to all the episodes. But that's even more work, so I'd be okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd be okay with that too, you know. Okay. Beat the combination of both of us on a... Uh... <laughs> On a uh, random facts quiz and get nine entries into a grand prize draw? That actually sounds like a fun time. I mean, between the two of us, it is a pretty wide base of very niche topics that we know about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, hi everyone. Uh, My name is Eunice. I'm the author of Fantasia and Eternal Source. And I use a lot of words that have like four or more syllables because work and also because I'm extra. <laughs> well, I'm Aetheo, author of Rune and Metagame, and I specifically choose not to use words that are four or more syllables when a shorter one will do. Um, but the other side of that is that I use one to two syllable words incredibly specifically because they te- they technically have this very specific meaning that nobody ever uses. Well, I mean, I feel like that's even worse because people aren't even expecting to have to decipher. <laughs> they should because, you know, words have meanings and you need to pay attention to what those meanings are. And technically people do use those alternate meanings, they just don't pay attention to them, and then I make them matter. Uh, yeah. Well, today it's uh, your turn to bring an idea. Today it is my turn. I have something. It's a little bit of a magic system. Um, and essentially what it is, is in order to use magic, you have to inscribe the magic into a sphere. And there's no other way that magic works at all. It has to be inscribed into a sphere. Okay. And also, magic doesn't have, like, the ability to reach out directionally. So you can't, like, have a sphere that shoots a fireball. But if you throw a sphere, it can definitely turn into a fireball. Okay. So it either radiates in all directions or it doesn't radiate? 
Yeah. Is this a world that has plastic? I would assume it's a world that, like, you know, has gotten to plastic. Or at least, like, the basic parts of plastic. Because I can imagine that rather than the painstaking work of taking a sphere and inscribing a rune into it, somebody would hack that and be like, let's just make a rune and then drop it into a sphere-shaped mold and then put some gloop around it. Now it's in a sphere. (laughs) What would be very funny to me is if that just didn't work for no reason, but, you know. (laughs) Would it not work? Maybe it's the act of uh, removal that causes the magic to happen, but people don't know that because it's weird. I mean... (laughs) I'm joking, by the way. Um, Does it work or does it not work? Yeah, I mean... (laughs) I don't, I don't think that it should be able to be something that you can just, like, stamp, right? You can't industrialize it? But, I mean, you could industrialize it, but I don't think you can ever get rid of the, like, inscribing process itself. Can you laser etch it? Which makes it more expensive to manufacture. It's just that... You know what? A human has to be behind it because of the way that magic is based on intent. There we go. Okay. So is if it's someone manually operating a laser cutter, that's fine. Absolutely. Okay. It's like quantum mechanics, you know? Except not at all. But it's like, we don't know. But it seems to have something to do with observation. Slash and <laughs> Yes. That's my full understanding of quantum mechanics. <laughs> um, we know a little bit more than nothing, but it seems to have to do with observation. But, I mean, not a lot more. Uh, okay. And where, what about the runes? Are they, are they just like, you know, your standard weird, either like based on some kind of ancient runic alphabet or... I figured that the, like, most effective way to use it in this system would essentially be that, like, you know, if you're thinking about trying to do something, the rune just sort of makes sense in your brain. And it's like, hmm, I didn't know what this rune would be before, but as soon as I thought about it, I did have an idea. It was just, you know... Okay, so... Not there before, and now I have an idea, and I'll test it to see if it works, and it always does. Okay, so, like, the actual shape of the rune is actually some kind of language that instructs the magic to go and if you study enough runes you kind of gain an instinctive understanding of which ways to change your squigglies to get different effects yeah and it's not like runes in the traditional sense because they have to be you know (laughs) inscribed on circles to actually do anything so they're a little bit strange because they, they don't have, like, a progression sense to them. They just have a, you know, it's a sphere, so this has to be drawn onto the sphere, and maybe it changes depending on where it is in the statement of the effect you want, but... Yeah, and I would assume that, you know, there'd be a level of geometry and symmetry that would affect the magic. Yeah, sometimes you have to do a bunch of math while you're... <laughs> And, uh, you know, better get good at uh, making identical runes on both sides of the sphere, because if they're not identical, something bad's gonna happen. 
I think I would just go with it's weaker, not something bad's going to happen, but, you know... <laughs> I don't know, maybe you affect the aim of your destruction spell, or... Well, again, the aim is how well you could throw a marble. Or, like, the radius of the its effect. Oops, that, that was a that, little bigger yes. than I planned. Oops. <laughs> a little bigger than you planned. It wasn't hmm. just the building that got destroyed, it was also the building next to it. <laughs> Oops. That seems just like a, a problem. You know, I feel like it's a world where sloppy work, uh, you know, is not accepted. <laughs> yeah. Precision. It, it wouldn't be. You know. Uh, okay, but the, I guess there has to be a way to activate it, right? It's not like you have to inscribe it at the time that you want to use it. Because that would be a little bit inconvenient. I would think that it's like, think at it. And then it'll activate in a certain period of time. You think at it. So anybody can use them? Yeah, I was saying, maybe you can like flip like a mental switch on it and then it starts gathering energy and depending on what it does, it gathers energy for a different amount of time before it has its effect. And like maybe bigger materials will gather energy faster. Okay, so it gathers energy from the world. Yeah. Not from you directly because, you know, most of these spells are going to sort of blow up the material they're on so it's not really an issue okay so i guess if, if someone's trying to activate a spell that you don't want you should you need to damage the sphere before it gathers enough energy to go yeah i mean that's the easy way smash it or dent it or crack it it's like ah oh, that's a glass sphere of uh a lot of magic power let's just shoot it and it's like ha. I've made my sphere out of rubber, so your stomp has no effect. <laughs> that could probably be melted, though. Yeah, but it's like, you know, I mean, there's no... You don't have that long to make the decision. There's no, like, like, I guess it's like you'll have spheres made of a lot of different materials, so your enemies, like, won't know how to inactivate it until they try <laughs> yeah the uh warfare in this world is a lot of people throwing like glass and rubber balls at each other <laughs> that's hilarious and then hiding behind their shields you know, like uh people never really moved away from cannons because that's a great way to, to deliver large spheres that is an incredible <laughs> way to d deliver a large sphere <laughs> oh Oh, now I'm imagining really, really big spheres for, like, projects and stuff. They probably generate energy faster, like, definitely, and you can probably write, like, way more complex spells yeah. in there. So it's just, like, huge bubbles. <laughs> okay, so, all, oh, so may, this world has really advanced material science because they just need stuff that can make ever larger spheres. <laughs> That are nonetheless, like, actually, you know, perfectly round. <laughs> and they don't need to be necessarily perfectly round, but, you know, close enough. The rounder they are, the better they work. Yes. So, rounder the better. A world with incredible material science that never moved past cannons. You know, I've wanted to do this before and I never knew how. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yeah. 
It's like... Turns out, all you need to do is make the cannonball itself really attractive. They, uh, they have to, like, be careful how fast they shoot projectiles because they don't want to deform it on its way over. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's complicated. <laughs> they have, like, full-on, um, rotary catapults for some, like, really big ones. Oh my god, so now I'm imagining, like, instead of, like, big, powerful, like, guns, they have little pellet guns, because that's the fastest you can safely shoot your projectiles without deforming them. <laughs> so I mean, like, you can shoot faster than that, but yeah. It's like, pew, 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 and then, it, like... That's very anticlimactic, but once it gets there and activates... It's not anticlimactic <laughs> as soon as it's active. But, but you know, if you're expecting a normal gunfight, it's like pew pew. It's, it's more like an airsoft gunfight where, you know, after the uh, pellets make contact, occasionally they'll, like, freeze or blow up into a fireball or summon plants around Yeah, people would have basically, like, paint gun, paintball guns. Yeah. Pew pew. <laughs> and then just craters somebody's chest or whatever. <laughs> oh no. That's terrifying. That's pretty just terrifying. like the thought of of a uh, of a ball just like bouncing off your chest and then you're fine and then it just like explodes into <laughs> spikes or whatever. Yeah, it's it's not the impact. It's the activation that you need to worry about. So like People are trained, like, not to, like, dodge bullets, but to actually try and, like, select them far away. <laughs> like, deflect them in, in sa- at safe angles and distances so they don't land, like, near you. But people aren't... Yeah, this is, like, a wildly different direction for technology to go. And then, yeah, and then people aren't trying to, like, shoot people. They usually try and shoot at their feet, so they're, like, embed in the dirt or whatever. Yeah. Nice. I like this. Some of them would be more useful if they were, like, out in the air, but, like, not most of them. Or, like, you know, like, shooting straight up, that kind of thing, to make it fall. I guess you would just shoot straight down. Shooting straight up might cause it to activate, like, midair, because, you know, the gathering time is significant, but it's not that long. If you want to do some kind of area of effect, you shoot up. Of course, that area of effect is going to include you, necessarily. Yeah, but, you know, you have your second spell that you shoot down that affects just your... your <laughs> oh, I see. Seeing a combo, combo. <laughs> I, I mean, the one that you shoot straight down is probably not going to be... Um, what's the word? It's probably not going to be, like, a huge area. and So you might just want to, like, have that particular marble in your pocket and drop it. You know, oh, so that you can true. have more of the... Yeah. You don't need to shoot everything. I'm just fixated on... Because, you know, we're in a gun-crazy world. See, this is the Canadian saying that. Yeah, we're, you know, we're a little bit too close to a certain other country. <laughs> you know, that's fair. Um, uh, yeah, like, if Canada were, like, a person, I'd be like, you should really move. Like, you're in the bad... You're hanging with the wrong crowd. <laughs> It's, it's very fair, you know? The United States is one of those people who owns more guns than they have friends. Uh, in other words, there's more <laughs> guns than people here, so, you know. Yeah, and also, they don't have a lot of friends. <laughs> I, 
Uh, that, that depends on what you mean by friends. <laughs> you know, people who like you for you. <laughs> and not the side benefits. <laughs> I see. I see. <laughs> Can't say I'm wrong. <laughs> I can't entirely say you're wrong, you know? Oh, man. But it's fine. Okay. There's a lot of side benefits, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, so, what are we trying... What is this story about? Um, I think I might like it to be about an inscriber who's sort of, you know, figuring out their new job. Mm. Um, just, like... Tell the story of, of that. Um, I suppose that, like, we could lean into sort of the more personal level of, like, getting these things used on them, but I don't know if I necessarily want to do that. Mm. Like, is it going to be, like, someone discovers a whole new branch of runes or a new material? Ones that can be inscribed on ovoids. <laughs> or, like, someone is tasked with making the biggest rune sphere in the world history to date. Actually, that would that would be a lot of fun. Uh, like, you know, uh, a science team that's tasked with making the biggest sphere you've ever seen and putting a spell <laughs> in it. And what that spell is, that's secondary. We want the biggest rune sphere. Deal with it. It's so big that they don't have land for it. So they... It's so big. That they can't make it as a rune sphere on its own. They have to have other rune spheres in the area that change the physical laws of the area around it to make the rune sphere work better. Whoa. They're using a material that can only be made with conditions set by other spheres. And yeah. Oh, and they don't put it on land. They just make a floaty one so they can put it in the and ocean. And as soon as you remove the conditions created by the other spheres, by the way, it just straight up dissolves. <laughs> what? No, well, no, no, no. Once, once it's done, it'll be stable. But if they mess yeah, up... Yeah, because part of its spell is built into maintaining itself. Yeah, but, but yeah, if they mess up along the way, it all dissolves and they gotta start over and spend another three trillion dollars. <laughs> or whatever it costs a lot of money a lot of money a lot of pressure it's very much the tallest skyscraper competition that was going on in the real world for a while incredibly impractical but you know sometimes people just want to be the best whether or not that makes any sense to do or not okay but it's gotta be a floaty ball on the ocean cause I think that's cute <laughs> Maybe it's a floaty ball above the ocean. It's a floaty ball above the ocean. What? Yeah. We're floating it in the air? Yeah, so that you can, like, bring a ship under it. Oh, it's like a... You can tow it around like a little floaty balloon, depending on where you need it. Technically, but it's only attracted to, like, a certain smaller rune ball. Okay. You gotta attach the attracty balls to tow ships that... And then tow it. What does it do? Yeah. It must control weather or something. No, no. <laughs> it floats. It maintains itself, and it's attracted to to uh, smaller balls of a certain type. So it doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Who's paying for this and why? <laughs> Again, have you never heard of the tallest skyscraper competition? Yeah, but at least that's a you know people can use it once it's made. The 
part of the competition included them keeping the same number of actual floors for a while and then making the decoration on top bigger and bigger and more expensive and more expensive. Yeah, but that's just... Just to have the tallest skyscraper. Yeah, but, like, at least it, the building itself still had a function. That extra bit at the top where they tried to make it technically the tallest. Is I mean, this ball is menacing as hell, you know? Yeah, but it literally doesn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, it's menacing. No, no, it's gotta do something. It's gotta like, okay. like be like a sort, like a, a source of electricity, or like a, it blocks tsunami waves. Or certain something. materials put in its area turn into spheres. Oh, it's a spherificator. All the <laughs> spheres formed within its area of influence are all perfect. <laughs> I don't know. This is. It can to... be used for manufacturing, but it's, you know, pretty enormous, so there's only a certain amount of space that you actually want to use for manufacturing, and it's fine. Why does it have to be so big? Because maybe the actual spell that they end up with that makes the spheres only works within, like, a very relatively small area around it. Like, you've got four meter by four meter at the bottom. It's like, that would be, what... Um, there's there's an amount of math that I just tried to do in my head before realizing immediately that I could not do it in my head. Um, I mean, like, wouldn't it be much more cost-effective to make a bunch of smaller spheres that have a smaller area of influence? I mean, cost-effective, but like I said, they're trying to show off. But, no, 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 no. It, has, it has to be a spell. It's more cost-effective to make a bunch of medium-sized skyscrapers than one truly enormous one. But no, no, it's got to be a spell that's so complex that the rune won't fit on a smaller thingamabob. Yeah. The world's first truth spell. And then you stick this thing over a, uh, over a courthouse. <laughs> Whoa. So nobody in its influence can lie? Yes. Whoa. Property values in that area tank. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was thinking that they, like, show it off and put it on top of a, a courthouse of probably an appeals courthouse, you know? Yeah, but I just assume that if the sphere is that large, then it's a fairly large area around it that will also be affected. Like, they didn't really... Maybe it's a large area, like, you would think that it's large, but it's, like, three blocks total, and it's just kind of like, wow, that's a lot for very little area affected. Yeah, like... It's, it's really, like, very, very close to the surface of the sphere is all that's affected, but just the sphere is so large that it was... If like, you're flying over the area, make sure that you're not mid-lie. Um. Like, everybody's, like... Everybody who wanted it did not want the sphere to be that big, but the rune was just so big that there was... And there was so much money dedicated to the project, and by the time they realized what was going on, it was, it was already too deep, so they were like, mm, yep, we're gonna finish it. Ugh. But, like, nobody realized that if they just used a thinner line to etch it in the rune in, they could have made a considerably smaller smear <laughs> or something. I mean, welcome to technological <laughs> progress, right? Uh, classic engineering problems. <laughs> okay, so it's like, it forces you to tell the truth as you know it, and can also parse, like, 
Incomplete Truths, Half Lies, Lies of Omission. Exactly. It's not that you can't omit things, it's that, like, it's really obvious when you omit You cannot intentionally omit things to make, um... Someone think the wrong thing. Yeah, if you're deliberately misleading someone with the truth, you'll start glowing purple or something. <laughs> it's just like a bunch of different, uh, you know, markers that you're not telling the truth. All the all the lawyers who work at in that area get, have to get retrained to <laughs> not be constantly glowing. Well, purple. it's for this one very specific courthouse where it's no longer possible to lie. Yeah. But it's like, it's a... So, you know, you can just straight up ask people, did you do it? No. Ah, they're telling the truth. Well, looks like that was badly done then. Yeah, Um. it's like an important appeals court where only very important things get heard. I would not make it only very important things get heard. uh, Because that sounds terrible and like a terrible world to live in. But I would say that, like, very important things definitely do get heard there. Well, I mean, if it's only but... one courthouse. Unless you, unless the plan is to just demolish the entire area and just fill the entire affected area with courthouses. That, actually, that would be probably I mean, the most efficient. I mean, that would probably be the, the like, reasonable thing to do. <laughs> so, I wouldn't make the affected area enormous, but, like... There yeah. probably isn't a better idea of what to do with that space than just fill it with courthouses. And, and then not just like traditional courthouses, like like as as high of a building as will not bump into the bubble. <laughs> you gotta you gotta take advantage of all that all that space. It's one really weirdly shaped building. <laughs> oh man! So so it's like yeah, we we have expanded our capacity to hear cases by. 27,000 times. <laughs> well, I mean, even with a normal courthouse, if it's not like a Supreme Court-style courthouse, you know, where you have, like, six friggin' judges sitting in on a single... And also, like, you don't really need that much time per case because you don't need to examine all the witnesses and the evidence. You just need to ask. You do a little bit. But, you know, you don't need to cross-examine... Or, like... You would need to cross-examine, but it's just not... It's like, did you kill this person? You don't need to ask super complicated questions, is the thing. And then it's like, yes or no. (laughs) That's the answer. You don't need to ask complicated evidentiary questions. Yeah, and you don't need expert opinions. Again, you would. If it's not something that you can prove and if you don't have the actual suspect if someone's being tried in absentia or something. The point is, why would you bother, like, taking a case that's tried in absentia and bringing it here? It's not a waste of time. (laughs) Because it's where appeals go after certain, especially high-profile appeals go. Like, it would just be culturally, you know? Well, no, I mean, if you're going to expand the amount of courts in this area by that much it wouldn't it wouldn't even just be an appeals court it would just be like any time where it would be more convenient for everyone to just tell the truth uh we'll just refer the case here (laughs) well there's a lot of like moving people around that goes into that so it would probably be an appeals court but it would also probably not be an appeals court that's hard to get to (laughs) 
Yeah, well, I mean, no, there's there are certain cases I think they would refer straight there, like murder cases. Yeah, absolutely. You don't need to have a, yeah. Cause it just saves Did you kill alive. this man? Yes, no. Did you do it on purpose? Yes, no. Did you know it was illegal? Yes, no. Okay, we have determined if it was murder and to what degree. <laughs> well, how long did you plan it for? Oh, yeah. Creepy. Okay, so this is their lofty ambition, and then, you know, they have a lot of technological obstacles. Constant technological obstacles, and people obstacles. And, uh, you know, there, there are certain interests who uh, are slated to be the first ones tried there, and some, you know, people ne- don't necessarily want to be tried there, so... Yeah, definitely rich people would not want to be tried there. <laughs> so, like, uh, maybe there's some sabotage, you know, drama. Ooh, yeah. You, you do the sabotage drama of someone trying to destroy the truth sphere. <laughs> and then, you know, maybe this engineer person who's not used to, like, being important gets assigned, like, a bodyguard because there was an assassination attempt <laughs> that they were very creeped out about. <laughs> Maybe they happen to get lucky and, like, they have their house designed super weird because they just, you know... They find the orbs and the magic fun, so their house is completely unnavigable by standard means. <laughs> their house doesn't actually have an entrance. You have to go through the teleportation sphere that's, like, near where they work and not where they live. <laughs> <laughs> I was more thinking that, like, you know, there are certain parts of the house where if you want to get over to, you know, the bedroom, I guess, you would have to walk on the ceiling for a bit. Yeah, you know, the laws of physics are pretty, uh... Polite suggestions. They're they're highly customized in this house. That'd be really funny. The assassin just ends up, like, tripping and falling and hitting themselves on everything so much that it just doesn't work out and they eventually leave. Yeah. You know, the, the, it's pretty funny explaining to the bodyguard. And uh, here, you're going to have to... I know it looks like a solid wall, but just go through it, but with your eyes closed. I highly recommend not, not like... I highly recommend you close your eyes. I mean, I go through it with my eyes open all the time, but I recommend you close them. Yeah, like the first probably 50 times I did that, I threw up, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you keep doing it then? Because well, it was interesting, just terrible. Also, you know, sometimes just by accident, and then after a while I just got used to it. <laughs> uh, okay. And, uh, what are we- okay, it's a floaty- it's a- it's a flo- are we gonna get into the technical aspects of what we would make a giant floaty magic sphere out of, or? No, I think I'll leave that up to the author. Okay, some kind of plastic, I assume. Some kind of material... Plastic is probably the wrong material. But we're just gonna skip over that. Uh, you wouldn't make it out of metal. Or... Metal would be better than plastic, but it would not be what you'd make it out of. You would want some kind of stone slash tar slash... Like, stuff that you can get in large quantities, which metal and plastic are really bad options for. Maybe it's actually just a giant soap bubble that then like... Well again, we're breaking the laws of physics to create the sphere so... Yeah, it's actually just a giant soap bubble that is then magic to stabilize itself. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's surrounded by other magic that affect the physics so the soap bubble so can genuinely confu- concerning <laughs> oh man oh i really like this get into ask your local your your friendly neighborhood physicist of what would need to be broken to get a soap bubble this large a lot <laughs> that's the actual answer a lot oh man and it would not only have to be large, it would have to be able to hold inscription. Yeah. Well, and I, I figure... Not move or float or sink. I figure what they would do is make pre-carved runes that they can stick into the soap bubble. Well, again, that doesn't work based on the intention thing. Based on the what? Based on the intention thing that we discussed before, like a person has to put it in. Yeah, a person has to put it in, and a person that's carved the rune. They just. Exist. I would say that they can't stamp it either, but. No, no, but they're not stamping. They're not like imprinting an indent into the bubble. They're, it's just, you know, when you put it something into a bubble, it just kind of displaces the soap. Yeah, I would say that that wouldn't work, because it's not part of the sphere. I don't know. I feel like it. Would either work. way. This is an exercise for the author, not an exercise for us with bad ideas. Um, but make it a giant soap bubble. Just because, you know, like, out of all the materials you could have chosen, like, really? We're going with soap bubble? <laughs> you know, we were already breaking the laws of physics. Yeah, we were already going to break it. What's cheaper than some water and some dishwasher liquid? <laughs> um, actually, quite a few things, but... Wait, how much... It doesn't take very much even to make a bubble that big, right? Like, I don't know know how much. (laughs) It, I mean, it really depends on how much you're breaking the laws of physics to do it. Um, Just fundamentally. Okay. Well, you know, ask your friendly neighborhood physicist. Uh, Do your own math first and then ask them. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you can calculate it on your own, then you are the friendly neighborhood physicist. Excuse me, I'm no physicist, but I could definitely do basic math like that. Are you aware of the of the physics that governs soap bubble formation? I mean, I mean, like obviously, you know. I'm a, I have read stuff about it before, but I could not tell you them off the top of my head. Okay. But I would know how to research it. Okay, fine. Re- if, if you have to research it, then you're not the friendly neighborhood physicist. You're just. An interested amateur. <laughs> there we go. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, cool. I figure we got some characters. We got some drama. We have a goal. We have a soap bubble. We have a weird world to stick them all in. Oh, um, you should put bubbles in bubbles. Oh. Yeah. Now, before we get into that, let's, <laughs> let's call it. Whoa, layers. Okay, somebody do combo spells. Okay, but <laughs> okay, that's fine. We'll just throw that in at the end to add a layer of complexity to this overcomplicated magic system. But uh, hey, overcomplicated magic systems are my jam. Yeah, but uh, if you like this story, then you should write it and then email us at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. If you hate the story, same place. Uh, we'd like it. 
if you rated our podcast on whichever platform you use, as long as it can accept ratings. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, email us at guests at unwrittenimaginings.com. And, uh, yeah, like, share, listen to all of our episodes. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening.